0: All right, everybody. Welcome. What's up? Welcome to Sleeping on Sunday. My name's Dave Merrill, and I'm here with a couple friends you might know. They are Jeff Allen.
1: Hey. Hey, hey.
0: And Maddie Denton. Hello. We're here. And we're here, and we've missed you. And, you know, we've had some experiences since you guys uh, last heard us. Uh, we just had something happen. No, we're not going to share any names. <laughs> um, but it was great. We were on a in a car <laughs> together. This is just a fun way to start this day. We were in a car together, and tell me what you would do, friends. We were in a car together. We saw someone that we knew next to us, and so we, you know, tried to get their attention. And they're in the car next to us, and directly right when we were trying to wave this person down, they went to pick their nose, in a very <laughs> aggressive fashion.
1: I cannot. Believe. And it was like a
2: roll down the window to say, "Roll the window up, roll the and window." And Jeff's up. reaction,
0: <laughs> like he was like hiding. He was like. Buried himself in the footboard of my car. <laughs> so, so this person would, it was awesome. Uh, I, I hope that's that. a fun story that starts your week off. Well, friends, but this week we are uh, continuing our conversation and uh, following along with our sermon series. And we are talking about a fresh take.
2: Which just happens to kind of be a series on story. So that's a fun little segue. Oh, can what can we
1: learn segue. from that story? I failed there. What's that? I said, that what can we learn from that story?
2: <laughs> that when things are weird, you're going to hide in the floorboard. I'm going to hide.
1: Power. It's a fight or flight, and I flew. You
0: flew. <laughs> I yeah, I was laughing harder at the fact that you were reacting to it than the person doing it. Um, <clears throat> no, but this fresh take. Uh, so we, uh, this whole series, both myself and Maddie, have had opportunities to preach on this topic, and what we're talking about are the parables of Jesus. And, um, it, you know, we have talked about it as like, oh, it's our fresh take Mm -hmm. on these stories. But really, that's not what it's about. It's the idea of the notion that there was a need, even back in Jesus' time, um, for a new perspective to understand people's relationship to faith. Yeah? Yeah. yep, Yeah. And so Jesus used parables or simple stories to help people understand me help people understand or give them context for how, how to understand or to know um how to relate to God mm-hmm. and so I guess I would start with a question for you guys is like why why do you think Jesus did that like why do you think what was the what was the necessity for him to do that if you had to react to that
2: yeah I don't know that this is like a total um this is why jesus did it but this is what i think of when i think of the parables um and just kind of think of the fact that jesus often used um stories that push people to come to their own conclusions to answer questions versus giving straight answers um so i took quite a few classes in college um me too that were around okay uh storytelling specifically
0: no okay um, not me
2: and they were like crossover storytelling anthropology classes basically talking about the idea that as humans we are story creatures and that we're motivated by narrative more than we are like to the point information that we take in that there's something about being able to like come to a conclusion through story that helps us to shape how society functions and different stories influence how groups of people interact with one another and so I just always think that's interesting when I think about like the parable specifically and the idea that Jesus was trying to offer fresh perspective on how people related to one another and how they related to God using a medium that would have probably been more frustrating, but more impactful in the long run and would have had a, a broader spread um, in who it reached because it would have been a story people told versus just like information people relayed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get that. <clears throat> and what I hear in that, when I hear you saying that, what makes me instantly think of is like the movie industry. Mm-hmm. And like how the ability for people to connect with movie after movie after movie. And it's, it's, it's uh, for me, kind of, it's this ability to see something in ourselves, but not through ourselves. I have a better opportunity, or I am better at identifying when someone else is going through something that I identify with than if I was going through it myself. Mm-hmm. I would either choose not to, or I somehow couldn't see the thing that was going on in me. And so seeing it in someone else, uh, it allows me to say like, oh, that's great that it's like a human condition. It's not just my condition. Or I can, I can, uh, I almost like, it's like it gives me permission uh, to open myself up to I am that way, or I can, uh, there's a truth in there that I have to, I can grasp onto.
2: Yeah. You it's know? it's the same thing, I think, in, in that as, um, there was a, a thing I saw somewhere that talked about the correlation between levels of empathy in like junior high students and the amount of dystopian novels that they read. Huh? And that, in like <laughs> fiction um, books and like the types of books that have like characters who go through this full arc and go through similar experiences often in kind of a fictional way actually helps students relate to what other students are going through and increases their level of empathy as they grow. Huh? It's kind of cool, but like story does that, right? Like when you're able to hear something that allows you to experience the world from someone else's perspective um, or to get outside of yourself long enough to consider something new versus just taking in information.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Jeff, I feel like Maddie and I are just playing catch right now. Do you have anything? (laughs) I just throwing it over past you.
1: Well, I don't have a ton to add because I, that's what I was thinking. Everything that Maddie said, minus the stuff she learned in school Uh, (laughs) because I didn't go to seminary. Just um, undergrad. <coughs> undergrad okay. Uh, I did, uh, I agree with that stuff. Like it, it's interesting too, because you know, Jesus told stories, um, and sometimes he would tell multiple stories to get the same point across. Um, and so it's like the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you have the movie industry. You were talking about it. We will watch the same movie over and over and over again and take something new from it. And I feel that's the same way with like the parables. I mean, how many times and how many, um, how many angles are there to look at? I don't know. um, uh, what are you preaching on, Dave? The the vineyard. Oh, uh,
0: the uh, workers in the vineyard. The no. Workers in
1: the vineyard. You can look at that in so many different ways, and and the one that's major to me that I think about is the prodigal son. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that one has so many angles, and I've over the years learned so many different things from that one, um, and I feel like you could make a pretty cool movie out of that
0: yeah that's actually a really good point the prodigal son in particular jeff makes me think of the fact that i've heard so many teachings on the different people within the story of like the the perspective of the older brother and the younger brother and the father and all of and so that's what stories allow us to do like you can you can enter into a story from a whole bunch of different vantage points versus when you just answer a question it's it's just a reaction to a, a bit of knowledge, not a transformation of who, of who you are. Mm-hmm. Or an understanding or an empathy, like you're talking about, Maddie, um, that we get at. I'm, yeah. I'm also curious, like, it's interesting or fascinating to me that <clears throat> Jesus, I mean, this is in the midst of it, Jesus told stories instead of just answering questions, but, but the fact that he had to tell stories for people to have a fresh take on how to relate to God As He was living like I get it now if we look back and we're like, okay Here's what it was kind of like but even then like even in the time of jesus people were misunderstanding Um how to relate to god or how to find god or what it meant to find god and i'm curious Do you think we are better or worse at that now or like I think there's that's a truth even today That like where people are just genuinely bad at relating to god and I think Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's because we try too hard. Mm. You think so? I think we like we work harder, or or we think that there's a path to God that gets us there. And I think that Jesus is telling these simple stories to be like, guys, you're. It's not that. Mm. It's not that hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both camps are at a disadvantage. Like us because <clears throat> we don't see it in front of our eyes every day, and them because this guy just showed up claiming to be God. <laughs> Yeah. So they're both at a we're both at a disadvantage. We don't get to see what they saw, but they also saw a a dude show up going, I'm God. Mm-hmm. Now they perform miracles. They had that going for him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just I was gonna say we're just as bad about it now. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, in, in whatever way that we're trying to see God, because I think we try, like you said, to make it one very clear path from point A to point B. And that like A, isn't how people operate. Like, there's a variety of different, like, ways of interacting and engaging with God and ways of living into your faith based off of people, right? Like, it's a relational kind of thing. So only having one way for this to look doesn't really fit for everyone. Um, But it also doesn't leave enough room for our own experiences within that. Like, if there's these boxes that I have to operate within so that God can show up, then... I'm also limiting the bandwidth of how God is showing up in the rest of my story and how I might use that to relate to other people. Um, But I think it's just easier for us to wrap our mind around something that kind of falls right in a row.
0: Yeah, and and that that is so true, and I see it time and time again in Scripture where there's these established ways that uh, Jesus in his time would have noted that people had to find or experience God. Like, they had to go into the holy and holiest, they had to offer a sacrifice. There's all these things that were, like, uh, uh, tasks that you had to do in order to encounter or experience God. And what I love about Scripture and in our progression, even into humanity today, is that there's this, like, kind of— Uh, this arc of us coming into relationship with God. And as it goes on, we're realizing that it's always been available to us. We've just been trying so hard to experience it. And and Jesus comes along saying, listen, guys, like all those things that you knew, all those ways that you had to work harder or longer, like that's what the parable that I preached about was. It's like, there's these people working in a vineyard and they got there early in the morning, but they got paid the same as the people who came later. And the guys who were there early were like, That's not fair. We worked longer and harder to get everything that we earned, and the 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 landowner or the God character in the story is like, "Listen, I I paid you the full payment already. You don't have to worry about anything. Like you've already got it all." And so I see that, Maddie, totally. Mm -hmm. Where like we have to uh, we break these traditions. So
2: yeah, yeah, that makes me think too. I mean, we talk about these stories as being like a fresh, a fresh take is like how we're talking about them within the series. Um, But I also feel like they have the possibility of being um, refreshing as well as fresh. Um, Because I don't know, sometimes I'll be like reading a story, you know, or even outside of that, like having a conversation with someone and they just like, they say the thing that you need them to say, or you needed to hear, or that you've felt to be true, but hadn't heard in another space. And it's one of those moments where you just kind of go like, oh yes, like that's so true. Or I would love if that was true or what, like it kind of affirms this feeling that you have that maybe you're not living into, or you feel unable to live into, or it's not the reality, but you want it to be kind of thing. Um, And to me, there's something within that as well, where like these stories are both like new ways of looking at the world and also affirming that if you feel like this is how the world should be operating, that's probably because God is nudging you in the direction of creating that kind of world around you. Yeah. Um, And that's where like listening and trusting that inner Holy Spirit intuition, like whatever you want to call it, is really impactful in these stories because it's amazing to see like, how things might be affirmed or rebrought up or kind of reshaped based off how you're reading it right now.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing I love about scripture too, is that like, and this is true of like leadership and even in like, uh, you know, the, the the category of tragedy, like I, I have often felt that finding myself saying, "Oh, Oh, me too. Like me too is such a healing word for me when like someone has brokenness or someone shows their vulnerability or like, I can relate to the fact that, Oh gosh, like, all the ways that I feel like I fail, that is just like a human condition. I can see myself in the story that you're sharing, and that that brings me a sense of peace. Instead of this like, oh, that, you know, that pastor complex, that pastor has it all together. Or they're like, oh, that they, like they're they're the ideal way to follow God. And really no, it's like in these stories of our of our messiness, these stories of brokenness, these stories of tragedy and and even some, you know, triumph, um, that we're able to be like, you know what? I I can relate to that and if God can if God can interact with them God can interact with me as well. That would be something I'd hope people walk away from like this conversation hearing is that like man in all those moments of hardness or hardship I hope that you know that like you are no further away from or no more disqualified from experiencing God than anybody. Um and, and so like I hope that you'll embrace and hear other people's stories so that you can learn more about who you are and how you relate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if this is a question we'll be able to like pull apart or not, but we'll try. Um, one of the kind of like thoughts that I've had with this is like the stories that Jesus are, is telling, um, are all stories that relate or kind of convey a message, um, and are are phrased in a way that would have been relevant to the, the audience that they were being given to. I'm curious if there are any stories or like messaging that you've, Received more modernly, that conveys like some kind of spiritual point. I'm kind of thinking about like if we were to encounter something like this in real time. Like, what are those stories that we're we're
0: seeing on a day to day? You're business? part of the story. Oh, you're part. You're part of the story. I actually preach about it, but the the story is so recently uh, <clears throat> we had an opportunity. Both Maddie and I had to go opportunity to go down to Orlando because we had like a a ministry conference thing that we had to go to learn about online. And uh, while we were, so when we were at Universal Studios, because we went there to have fun just for a day off, and there was this dance team competition there, and there's all these dancers. Like these, they roll in like tribes of 15 to 20 people. But we were in line for this one ride called the Velocicoaster.
2: Velocicoaster.
0: Which was awesome, but the line was an hour and a half long, yada, yada, yadi And uh, so we had been in line for like 20 minutes, and one of these teams, I don't know if you remember this, Maddie, they came mm-hmm. and they cut in line, and they got with their coach who was right in front of us in line. And I remember in the moment, I was like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like, cool. That's no no worries. Mm -hmm. But inside, I was like, God bless it. Like, we did did our whole day. And so, like, this was like a modern analogy of, like, because of that experience, I was no longer able to, like, enjoy the moment. I missed. We rode that ride twice. Uh I realized the second time we rode it, like, I missed so much while we were in line like the fact that we were under the coaster and there were stories being told all of around us and people were excited. But the whole time we were in that line, the first time I spent like an hour thinking like, God, these bratty little people <laughs> just uh. cut in line. And so like, that's like a modern uh, analogy of like, there's a, that's a parable for me of like, you, you miss out on so much of life when you spend your time trying to preserve your, your spot. Mm-hmm. When you try to be like how you would think about how you need to be treated fairly instead of just being like open and welcoming and, and it, and accepting the experience for what it is and not missing the now living in like what should have been. Yeah. So that was, that was something that I preached on that I thought like, man, you know, that is, that is a modern day parable for me where I'm like, there's things like that stories in our lives that happen. I think all around us that can teach us lessons uh, about how God interacts with us. Yeah.
2: Right? I love that. What about you, Jeff?
1: Yeah. I think about, um, there used to be this website and it might still exist and I'm not going to name what it was, but it was like a crowdfunding website sort of where you could Put money in an account and give loans to um, people in different countries to start mm. small businesses. And you could be, um, you could do it solo, but you could also join a a team online. And one of the teams was uh, like, you could say, I'm a Christian and I'm going to be in the Methodist version of a team, or you could say, I'm an, I'm like an atheist and I'm in the atheists camp. For some reason, randomly, they had this. I don't know why they did this, but. I remember specifically this was when I was in um, a part of my journey where atheists were demonized a lot mm-hmm. and made to seem really bad, like they're bad people. Mm-hmm. But the people giving out these loans, like you could see what teams, quote, unquote, were winning. And, like, the most generous people was this group online of atheists. And it just really reminded me a lot of, like, the Good Samaritan, where, like, the Samaritan was, like, really un- like not liked so much by – um uh, who was it? Was it a Jewish person
0: who walked by? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But anyway, what I'm what I'm saying is like, it's this person you don't expect, or this group of people, as in that part of my journey that I didn't expect would be the generous people, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. That's where I where I kind of connect that into real time and something that I saw.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a cool one too. Yeah, and I totally remember that season. It's not, I mean, it's not too far removed, but I totally yeah. remember the season of people demonizing uh, people who just simply oh, didn't yeah. believe in God. Yeah, Maddie, what about you?
2: Yeah, um, I talk about this also in my message, but it's one that's made me laugh a lot lately as I've had to do more summer shopping. But um, summer shopping, summer shopping, Love yeah. This. Keep so going. I, um, in reflecting on the the parable of the the wine skin, so you can't put old wine or new wine into old wine skins. It'll burst. Um, yeah, yeah. it'll burst, new wine goes in new wine skins. Um, I have thought of the analogy of um, pants.
1: <laughs> I True heard story. You. This is gonna be great. True Go story. Ahead. So
2: um, the first part of that story, Jesus is talking about patching up clothing. Um, and, and that makes me think of, um, I had this pair of jeans that I bought in 2016 in an American Eagle. Um, They're the best jeans I've ever bought and I wore them so much that they have like since changed like shape and size and everything because I refused to let them go (laughs) and eventually they got a hole in them and I tried to patch it and I screwed it up because they just like were not capable of being fixed. Um, They were well loved and that should have been enough. Um, And this idea that like, you know, you just outgrow your clothes sometimes and you've got to go buy more and you can't try to force yourself into something that feels uncomfortable Um, the funny part of that being that they might actually, you might split your pants in public or something, which would be really unfortunate, (laughs) but I just, in both of those stories of this idea of like being prepared for something new, something new being done in your life, having to like clear out your closet to make space. Like, I just have felt a lot of parallels around like the things that we put on and the stuff that we carry, um, and how like sometimes we have those comfort clothing items that, are kind of like a, a blanket to us. And yet they don't align with our fashion sense and all of these things and how faith is the same way. Like there are things that work really well for a season. And sometimes we have to be open to trying on new things. This yeah. Is,
1: this is an aside, but in 1996 <clears throat> or seven, I was in an American Eagle.
2: I was being born. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs>
1: I was in an American Eagle at the Galleria in St. Louis and I bought um, a bucket hat. Incredible. And it is now 2022, and those are back in style. They are. All right, that's all.
2: I hope you saved all your bucket hats. I was in
0: Abercrombie while you were in American Eagle. I'm just going to say that.
1: Um. (laughs) Were you standing outside shirtless? (laughs) No. No,
0: I was not. There's a documentary about. I that. know, it, but Maddie taught me something about Abercrombie. Well, this is not about this. This is not this topic, but it's like mm-hmm. redeemed itself.
2: It's a redemption they, story. They have a new CEO.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, remember the Christian T-shirts you could buy? And I, they had had, I had and them all. <laughs> and they had Abercrombie and. Yeah. It was. I can't remember what it a was. A breadcrumb and fish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, I had that T-shirt, no. and I wore it around proudly.
1: I swear there was one that said Mountain Jew. I'm not joking. That's, Ooh, uh, that's sad. that's that. It feels wrong. That, that's not
2: correct. I hate it. Anyway.
0: Um, but I, th- I think that's like, I love that we all have stories like off the top of our head and some of, you know, we talked about them, but like that you had one instantly. And <clears throat> I think what I, what I, what would be an encouragement I have for people listening? My encouragement would be this, is that like you are experiencing your story right now. Wherever you're hearing this right now, you're going through stuff in your life. You are, uh, uh, you've got you know every situation that you're walking through, and I hope my my hope is that you you wouldn't miss it. I think I think the point of Jesus telling parables to simplify access to God is kind of the theme of of the parable. It's, to, it's trying to make it available. It wasn't trying to put anybody in their place. It wasn't trying to like uh, demean them or make them feel foolish or guilty. It was to open up uh, the realization that God is working in and around and among you. Uh, and that's every story out there that we could point that out. Uh, you know, the person who's, who's going through a hard, hard time in their relationship, person who's going through a hard time with employment or, you know, um, they've just experienced loss. Um, all of that. I, I would say that like, I believe wholeheartedly that, that God is accessible in that moment and you don't have to earn it and you don't have to try real hard to find it. The point is, is that it's, it's, it's a little bit simpler than that. And so I hope that, you know, that that there's just a God out there who, who is nothing but love and wants you to experience that. And so I hope you can surround yourself with people and truth and whatever songs, all of it, art, food that Mm -hmm. makes you filled with joy, because that's, that's the hope of it is to have access to this divine love.
2: Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, take a moment to (laughs) pause. Allow that to sink in before I shift gears. Um, One of the other things we had talked about with this that I've been thinking about, like there's the individual component of the stories that Jesus tells. Um, There's also, I think like the collective component to this. And it's something I've been thinking about with the parable I've been sitting with for a while as well of how sometimes like even the way in which We try to relate to God needs a fresh take. Oh my
0: God. Yeah, we could talk. This is a whole nother podcast. You know,
2: but like, but like thinking about, you know, being in spaces, like we're having conversations around what it looks like to think about ministry in an innovative way outside of the podcast, right? And like, we're looking at different ways to approach and to engage the work that we do because I think we all kind of value an openness to seeing God add another chapter to the story or to encounter or rewrite something in a new way. And that sometimes you need like, you need a fresh take yeah. on what all of this looks like.
0: Yeah. there's, And don't, I love our church. I mean, let me just say it up there, but there's, this is about the capital C church, not, mm-hmm. not our church. Um, like there's so much ingrained to the way like, if I just asked somebody, like, hey, how does a Sunday morning experience go? They could label it. They right. could say everything that happens there. And there's so much built into that. There was, like, an expectation of, like, you ha- you should experience God if this happens this way. Mm-hmm. And, like, as we can see, like, churches aren't exactly winning. I, if, if, am, I, am I right in <laughs> saying that? We're not winning right. in saying that, like, it's not up and to the right. It's more like gradually down and to the right. Um, and so, <laughs> down and the right? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. Uh, and so I think that there, Maddie, that's 100% right, that there is room for us, and I think we have to be open as people who are on the inside, as people who actually work on a church staff, and people who call themselves Christian, for us to be open to the notion that people are experiencing, uh, I hesitate to even call it God, experiencing new life through other means. And, and, and if the church wants to have any relevance going forward, it is is—is a necessity for us to change the things that don't really matter so that mm. people can come to experience a fullness in a life that they, what we can help them do is to understand what the source of that is. Right. Right. It's our, it's our ability to call that out, not to like only craft an experience that feels like it should be a godly moment. But, in, but it's to say like, Hey, in this, like let's change some of the stuff we do so that people will come so that they can hear a truth that is, that is welcoming of them and, and embraces them. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. it it makes me think too that not only does like the institution of church need to be a place that can convey the truths within these stories right that helps people like connect those dots but i also think building off of your point that we need to be a place that is taking them in as a collective as well that like i wonder how like i wonder how our ministry changes if we look at the truths that are found in like the story of the good samaritan for example and then evaluate how we go about doing what we do and seeing how connected or disconnected those values might be right mm. or like when we talk about um you know v- like vineyards and the workers in, yeah workers in the vineyard like what is what are the the truths that we find within this story and how are we living into that as the the organization that is attempting to convey these truths then to individuals who are coming to us to hear these stories. Cause mm-hmm. I think that that's part of it too. Like sometimes in faith spaces that I've like been a part of, there's even this resistance to like seeing something in a new light or trying something in a different kind of way in order for it to reach a different target audience or like, rethinking how we do something so that people feel like they are able to like really connect and sometimes even those decisions feel out of alignment with the stories jesus was telling because so much of it was just like here's how you relate to one another here's how you relate to god yeah and it's usually a lot easier than what than what you're making it out to be
0: yeah i, I this could be an incomplete thought but the other day i was at a concert and maddie you just happened to, we, we were both there we didn't go there together but we saw each other there and it was i walked up to you and i was like man like there's something to this right and this Mm -hmm. is the same of any sporting event or big event where people they come to like an experience and it fills and it fills them up like the the entertainment industry has figured this out like let's let's fill these people with like oh a sense of belonging and ownership and togetherness and like I understand, like, I know the words and I can sing along. There was something beautiful about, like, that idea of a concert. And I'm not saying that church should be like a concert, friends. This is not about that. (laughs) What I'm saying is is that there was uh, this sense of, like, camaraderie or togetherness that people walked away lifted Mm -hmm. in that moment. And I was like, there's a lot here that the church wishes it could be. Mm -hmm. Not a concert, but, like, uh, bringing people together. And having them walk away feeling filled with new life—that really is what we're called to do. And we have this ability to like really connect people further. I don't know. I don't know what my point was other other than like the, we were talking about having to be open to these experiences, other experiences, and claiming them for what they are—the beauty that they have—so yeah. mm-hmm. that so that we can point more people to God. And it's less about like feeling like how we have to perform. Uh, a service on Sunday, so that people can have their one hour and get their get their God in for the week. But more trained people to see it all the time, wherever mm-hmm. they are, whether it's a concert or a restaurant or sitting around a podcast table, if you would. Right. So, uh, I think it's a beautiful thought. Yeah, that you just shared.
1: Yeah, my. I, (laughs) my defenses start to go up as a former worship leader a little bit, just hearing what you're describing Good because I feel like if you're not, it's a fine line to walk between um, creating a a space for someone to experience something and manipulating them into experiencing something. Mm. So that's something that I really like look out for in church in general, because I think that you were saying the entertainment industry has mastered that dude in a lot of churches, they've mastered that too in a way that's not healthy um and I know that's not where you would ever go in your mind. No, keep going. I'm gonna, I'm But gonna... but I've seen what what they can do with lights and in the moods of instruments and and frankly, I know how to do it. I could produce that. You know what I'm saying? And I
0: think I think that's my point. Yeah. It, it wasn't about the, uh, the execution of it. It was about the reality that there's a truth within us that an industry can grab mm. and tap yeah. into. And so it's more like that experience. And so if we could teach people to do that for themselves in their lives, not just in those venues. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at is this is that like, man, wouldn't it be so powerful if over, uh, you know, I took a trip to the library and I picked out a book and I had a friendly conversation with the librarian. Yeah. And in that, I knew how to tap into, wow, yeah, that was that was a really meaningful thing. Yeah. And that filled me up and that gave me joy. So something as simple as a trip to the library versus like, a co- it shouldn't have to be a concert, yeah. but the fact that there were a thousand people in a room and they knew, they knew how to get in, into my uh-huh. heart, yeah, that reveals to me uh, that there is this commonality that the divine has put within us that we want everyone to experience. And I think the simplicity <laughs> of life... It is or what those
1: parables are about. Yeah. And what I, yes. And with your two examples where you kind of talked about the concert and like the librarian, it just indicates to me even further, a hunch I have that more faith communities doing different things is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like more churches, small churches, big churches, uh, neighborhood churches. Somebody Sorry. just walked in the squeaky door here.
2: It was this thought that I cannot wait to share. <laughs> that was her thought coming She's
1: up. She's knocking at the door. Uh, but more faith communities and, and uh doing different things and and just doing life together because I would love to do life both ways. I would love to go to a concert with you, Dave, and I would love to go get coffee with you, Maddie, and I would you know mm-hmm. what's it what's it look like to experience worship and community for real? And I guess that's what you're describing, Dave.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, like it didn't have to be a uh an experience on Sunday where you expect a, a fine God it'd be a place where, if worship became a place where we taught people how to experience God all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maddie, you're getting ready to go off on something.
2: Oh, I'm so excited you're to okay. talk about this. So a lot of, I think, I, I agree with all of that. And I think a lot of how we do church is similar to how we, we engage a lot of other areas of life, right, where we wanna come up with an idea of how to, to do what we do better. So we get in a room, right, and we spitball a bunch of ideas, but then we pick one, as the thing we're gonna move forward with and we build a strategy off of that one thing. And that's kind of what church as it's always been done is, right? It's this formula that as a collective, the institution of church has like got down to a science, you get in and out in an hour, you've got this many songs, you do it in this mm-hmm. way, you, and it works for the people that that works for. But there's this whole variety of people in the world where that formula doesn't resonate with them. And one of the things that I get real fired up about is the idea that like, it should be something that there is something for everyone, right? That there is a way for everyone to find the space that they hold. And in order for that to be possible, we need more than one strategy, right? We need more than one way of doing this thing. I'm I'm using this language. It's based off of a book called emergent strategy by Adrian Taylor Brown. It's phenomenal. Um, (laughs) but that's a lot of what, what she talks about is this idea that like, there's no one, for sure right way of going about community. And in fact, you really need multiple roads in order for everyone to truly have a seat at the table. right? And so um, you can have a few different iterations of something. You can tell the same story four different ways. You can hear the same story and get four different things out of it. And all of them are valid. And in our case, like we would assume all of them would be spirit led because who that idea is shaped to resonate with is unique to how it will be communicated. Um, and so that's what I think about in hearing you talk about like the kind of experience, Dave, you would wanna be a part of and Jeff thinking about like how, what kind of a church space do you wanna be in and how I feel like I connect to community. In some ways they're the same and a lot of the ways they're different. Um, and yet the collective story that we share has the same core truth. We just go about getting there in different ways sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool, and I, I also, th- you know, I think about I'm trying to think about the value of what we do, and I want to stand for it. And I think you you would resonate with this, like the necessity for us to come together and to realize that oh, we're all having this experience together. Like the calling out or the re- it's almost like the pastor's job is the calling out or the reminder of like, hey, we're all we're all in this together, guys. Yes. Wherever you are, like the, the stories we use and the analogies we use and the parables that are told, that they're they're meant. To unite us in this, not to separate us or to to like become these whole different things where you know one version's cool and one version's not and whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh, it, it it's it'd be great to have this space a consistent space where a community of people were reminded that like oh my gosh God is walking with and alongside you reg- no matter how you experience it or whatever, however whatever whatever mm-hmm. your desired uh, you know. Uh, path or experiences. And so, uh, I think that I'm, I'm learning in this and like, maybe like some of the conversation we have on, on Sunday mornings is just reminding people like wherever they are, like, it's not, maybe you're not having the experience of your life this morning, but how can we, how can we show you to have it, you know, at 2 PM later when you're mm. mowing the grass or whatever. That's good. This yeah. is cool.
2: Yeah, I think that's also last point. The idea of seeing things in real time is like the point of discipleship too, right? Like it shouldn't be that you show up and you do it one day a week and then you leave. Like it should be something we're teaching people to do in every aspect of their life as leaders within the church. Um, and so if we embrace our own stories, then we mm-hmm. might actually see it happening.
0: It would also make a whole bunch more people preachers. Like that point of like fresh take, mm-hmm. like your experience has value added value to somebody out there and they share it with you. You, you kind of cringed at me. I didn't mean preachers like qualified preacher to like, to, to like
1: interpret scripture. I don't, no, that's not what I, I didn't. I didn't mean to cringe. I was just like, I was kind of laughing. Oh,
0: but like, I don't, and I don't, don't when you guys think of preachers, I mean, people who can declare good news to other people around them is, yeah. is really what, I, what is really what I meant. And our ability to own that as humans would make the a work of, church or kingdom work the kingdom of heaven come about faster which is what all the parables were about ironically Mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven all right guys how long we've been talking for a while now we have um (laughs) that's our first take (laughs) uh no really uh that's where we're going to leave you guys for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. I hope that you guys will play along and, and follow us uh, over at what, Gathering Now. And you have a new thing, my Bob. Do you want to talk about that? Or no, third
2: Place? Yeah, we can kind of, this is, it kind of relates. Um, so first off we're sleeping on Sunday, you can find us on any podcast streaming platform. Um, mm-hmm. So be sure to follow along with us, like the episode and leave a comment and leave a review. Let us know what you think. That helps us yeah, push back. You know, participate with other people and be in dialogue. Exactly. Um, you can also follow along. You can follow us on Instagram at um, gathering underscore now. You can also keep an eye on that page because um, we are getting ready to roll out a fresh take um, based off of some of this, um, specifically in ministry for people who would identify themselves as a young adult or a young at heart, um, called third place, with the idea being that we are actively like in third places around um, the community having these conversations in real time having Um, different experiences
1: yeah yeah and i'm
2: super super stoked about it um more information is coming and you can find it all there
1: i can't wait to see what happens with this because it's got me super excited and i'm just feeling young at heart
2: (laughs) i listen i love it i gave
0: up on the whole feeling young at heart i'm done with that. (laughs) just kidding all right guys It was another good one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you will lean into some of the truth that was uh, dropped in there and know that uh, you are experiencing the divine around you each and every moment. And if it's hard for you to see, I'd encourage you to get in a community of people who can help you point it out. All right. We love you. We're going to be here again next month. And we'll see you next time on Sleeping on Sunday.
2: Peace. Bye.
1: Bye.